All right, it's Mother's Day. I'm not talking about mothers. What are we talking about? Hosea. Hosea. Okay, what'd you guys learn last week? Uh, not to put in pancakes. Okay, what's... <laughs> pancakes, and what was the other thing? sentence that kind of summarized everything. Levi said it once, and it was great. I wrote it down because it was excellent when I was listening. All right. So when uh, society can be devolving around us, we, right, we talked about the bread oven, right? Yeah, bread oven. So that was part of it, but it's the baker's asleep. So this is like an angry mob. All right, it's super hot, but nobody's using it. Angry mob, and then what was the other thing? You've got religious leaders who... As robbers. Yeah, religious leaders as robbers, okay? So they're not doing what they're supposed to. They're self-serving. They're not following the rules. So when society is doing this, you've got to... Do what with your pancakes and gray hair? Pay attention. Pay attention. Absolutely. Okay. You can't walk away from your pancakes. You can't all of a sudden look in the mirror and say, oh, when did that gray hair show up? All right. You got to pay attention so that you don't fall victim to things like that. All right. So that's what you talked about last week. Talk to me about Hosea in general. Hosea. Who is he? A prophet. Ooh, ooh. Did he get it? He's actually a contemporary of Jonah. Fun fact. Uh, a contemporary is somebody who's like living in the same time period. So Jonah and Hosea were working right around the same time. <laughs> All right, Hosea is, he's got two kingdoms, right? Which one is he in? Northern Kingdom, yes, which is called Israel. All right, we're going to read a lot today where sometimes it's called Ephraim. You guys heard that? Okay. Ephraim is like the largest tribe in that area, so that's why it, they just basically mean the same thing. Um, this uh, southern kingdom is called what? Judah. Judah. Uh, and that's southern. Depends on what language you're speaking. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Jerusalem is somewhere like there, just for reference. Med Sea, Red Sea kind of thing. That kind of thing. So, you know, the normal map that you guys are used to seeing. Um, so. What I want you to remember from last week is how you've got that personal responsibility, right? To not fall asleep, to pay attention, okay? Because we're going to kind of build on that today as we keep going through Hosea's prophecies. What is he actually prophesying? 
Like, what's the direct history that he says, this is coming? The northern kingdom is doing the wrong things. So who's coming? You guys remember the Assyrians? All right. The Assyrians are eventually going to come and take over the northern kingdom. And that's what uh, Hosea is kind of trying to warn everybody about and get him to turn back. Uh, but they don't. Right? It's kind of a, a tough thing because Hosea says, these, these guys are coming. You should change. And they kind of just ignore him. All right? uh, but we can be better than the society that we live in if we pay attention. Right? Uh, and you know, take care of our personal responsibility. So here's my first question to get you started for the day. What's the difference between... Uh, knowing and knowing. I'll add to this because that's not fair. Knowing of and knowing. All right, what's the difference between these two things? Knowing of is more general. Okay. More general. So this right here. We've got an experience. Okay. So give me an example of someone you know of. Okay. But you don't know him personally, right? Okay. Great. Okay, so give me an example of somebody that you know. Okay, Dylan's on the board. <laughs> Okay, so this is a pretty easy concept, right? Uh, so what's going on in Israel right now uh, is you talked two weeks ago about what? It was with Eric. He handed out a list of questions. Yeah, and then uh, if you don't bring your family to church, then you're like very late. Right, and sometimes it can take one or two generations, okay? <clears throat> We're going to take that a step further today because having that knowledge absolutely is critical and important. You guys have a personal responsibility to make sure that your kids come to church, right? Make sure that they know all of this stuff. But knowing of, knowing facts about God is very different than knowing God. Do you agree? Okay. That's kind of what we're going to think about today because Israel only knows of God, right? They don't have this deep, true knowledge. Uh, and we kind of saw that last week, right? There's still religious ceremonies, uh, and they get, a long, uh, they get a lot of that wrong because they don't know Jesus. They don't know God uh, in a deep and personal way. Um, last thing to kind of recall, right? Who's Gomer? Yeah. Gomer is Hosea's wife. Okay, what's her job? Okay. So she's uh, unfaithful. Okay, that's our big word. And these two, their marriage is a symbol for God and Israel. Absolutely. Okay. So if we're thinking about unfaithful and we're thinking about Israel. North Israel. Yeah. Well, southern Israel is 
Yeah, I wouldn't exempt these the southern kingdom. All right, they're they're also not doing so hot. They have some good kings, not all good kings. All right. So, what do you think Israel's unfaithfulness might have looked like? We've talked about it a little bit, but we're going to get into the details today. Okay. So we got uh, worshiping other gods. Um, it, at least not what we're talking about, okay? They, they certainly probably were not doing right things, I would agree. Um, yeah, so let's say we got worshiping other gods. Uh, you could do, like, not serving God at all, even if it's the wrong God. But probably one of the worst things they were doing is they were twisting God's worship in the, their temples, right? They were bringing idols of other gods into uh, the temples and sacrificing to other gods on altars that used to be used for the worship of God, all right? So we've got this list of things that we're going to kind of talk about as we go through and remember that this is all indicative of the unfaithfulness of Israel at this time. Okay, let's pick it up. We're in Hosea chapter 8 today. Hosea chapter 8, verse 1. Let's start with Natalia. is near the back of the Old Testament. Hosea chapter 8. Hosea chapter 8, verse 1, please. Set the trumpet to him, now he shall come as an eagle against the house of the Lord, because they have transgressed my covenant and Keep going. Israel shall cry unto me, my God. Wait, um, Israel hath cast off the thing that is good. The enemy shall pursue it. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. Of their silver and their gold have they made them idols. All right, so we've got a couple things here. We've got our worshiping other gods with this calf and then uh, twisting of God's worship, right? They think they know God. Uh, the trumpet that Hosea is speaking of here is the trumpet of the Assyrians, right? We talked about that. 
So we know the history here. Uh, what happened is eventually the Assyrians come down and they completely wipe out this northern kingdom. Uh, and we have this prophecy where Israel is going to call out to God for help when the Assyrians are knocking on Israel's door. Uh, but because of the fact that Israel twisted uh, their worship, they think they have a relationship with God, but they just don't know what they don't know, really. Uh, and God says, I don't know you. He rejects them. So this unfaithfulness that Israel showed through their idol worship has separated them from God, and God will have had enough, right? So this is something that we need to be aware of uh, today, and here's why I want you to turn to Matthew. Keep your finger in Hosea. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. This is something that Jesus also kind of warned us about, okay? Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. Matthew chapter 7, verse 22 and 23. So there's two things to take away from this, right? Number one, when we get to the judgment day, it's going to be too late to get to know Jesus. All right? We have to do it now. And the other thing is that these outward actions of faith do not necessarily indicate knowing, knowing Jesus. All right? It's not enough to just go to church like you're supposed to. It's not enough to spread the gospel without a deep belief. Uh, and your heart in the right spot, right? It's not enough to do community service and charity, right? The difference is knowing of versus knowing. It's okay, it's great to know all of the things and what you're supposed to do and what God wants us to do, but we also have to add this layer of prayer and relationship in so that we don't get caught into this situation like Israel is right now where they think they know God, but they actually don't, all right? Uh, so, we saw last week, right, that the temple services were still going on. Uh, we've got the religious leaders acting as robbers, but we know because of that, the religious leaders of the time had shifted their focus away from God uh, to their own self-interests, and Israel was practicing idol worship rampantly. Let's keep going back in Hosea now. Hosea chapter 8, and we're picking up at verse 11.
so we get even more details here about what Israel is doing wrong, right? They're sacrificing, but they're not doing it in the right way. Uh, and Jesus, or God says the consequence of that is they're going to be taken over. They're going to return to Egypt or captivity, okay? Uh, what I want you to pay attention to is how it says that they count the word of God as strange, right? As in unknown or odd. It's kind of amazing how similar the world and our country right now views the, the Bible today, right? Uh, this goes a step further from not knowing God to those who have knowledge of the Bible view it as contrary to other things that they think they know. Uh, think about how our world worships science. This is an example of falling into this type of thing. You know what everybody says, follow the science, follow the experts, follow the humans who have worked for years and years to know all of this and think they possibly know better than God. Uh, but also think about what you guys are studying, studying on Tuesday night. What are you studying on Tuesday? Genesis, right? Uh, and when you study Genesis, you come to this realization that science doesn't actually contradict the Bible, right? The science kind of reveals insights into the nature of God, and that is a beautiful thing. Uh, so we have this personal responsibility to see through these twists and turns that society puts in front of us, because it's very easy to fall into, yeah, that makes sense, science is a great thing, uh, but if it's contradictory to the Bible, we know for a fact that that's not true, right? So we have to focus in and stay on that straight path. Let's keep going in Hosea. We're now in chapter 9, verse 1. Assyria. They, sh they shall not offer wine offerings to the Lord, neither shall they be pleasing unto him. Their sacrifices shall be unto them as the bread of mourners. All that eat thereof shall be polluted from their bread, for their soul shall not come into the house of the Lord. All right. So this unfaithfulness that these verses is talking about is actually referring to that idol worship, okay? Uh, the Israelites would actually bring idols into their threshing floors. Do you know what a threshing floor is? Is it similar to like a almost like a grinding stone? Yeah. It's actually kind of the process before that. Yeah, so they're separating the wheat from the chaff, which is like the edible part of the wheat from the, the part that we don't eat and we just throw out. That's what happens on the threshing floor. And they would bring their idols in to these and, you know, do a service there in hopes that they would have a bountiful harvest, right? They want a lot of good stuff. Uh, so God kind of turns that right around on them because what he says is the consequences of you guys bringing idols in to try and bless your harvest is when you get taken over, when Assyria comes in, you're going to have hardly enough, all right? 
you're going to have hardly enough to eat in captivity. The wine will spoil, and they will they won't even have enough bread to eat, really. So what it says here, like they won't be able to bring the bread into the house of the Lord. They won't have any extra to sacrifice. They won't have any extra to give thanks for. They'll have just enough to feed themselves. All right. Keep going. Uh, we're in Hosea chapter 9, verse 10 and 11. Baal Peor. Skip ahead to verse 15, please. All their wickedness is in Gilgal. Gilgal. For there I hated them. For the wickedness of their doings, I will drive them out of my house. I will love them no more, and their princes are Wait, wait, wait. I can't read. Their, their root is dried up. They shall bear no fruit. Though they bring forth, yet I will show them. All right, so these verses start by talking about the beginnings of the nation of Israel, right? It uh, talks about when Israel was like grapes in the wilderness. So think about like Abraham and Isaac just walking around. Uh, and when Israel as a nation was young, they bear fruit, right? They were doing the right things. However, they quickly turned away, okay? The reference to Baal Peor is actually a reference to something that occurred in the book of Numbers. Uh, it's Numbers 25 if you ever want to go there. But essentially, in that situation, the nation committed sexual sin, all right? So the meaning here is that Israel in Hosea's time is again committing the same atrocities, okay? The consequence is that God will take away Israel's kids, their conception, right? Uh, and this isn't necessarily that God will like prevent fertility or anything like that. There's a lot of that kind of rhetoric in here. It's more referring to the fact that the children of Israel weren't going to be their own, all right? They're going to be captured, they're going to be killed, and they're going to be wanderers in the foreign land when the Assyrians come. Again, it's kind of amazing how true that these warnings ring for our time. We live in a society with rampant sexual sin, right? It's celebrated even. Uh, it's in our towns, it's in our TVs, it's on our phones. We're bombarded with opportunities for sexual sin. And the consequences that God lays out here are very real, all right? Even for us. I'm not saying necessarily that God will cast a personal judgment on those who commit, you know, this sin. But we need to be motivated to run from sin, however right? Uh, we talked, Levi talked last week, you know, uh, when God gently nudges us, we tend not to listen. Sometimes it takes a, a knock over the head, right? So remember our personal responsibility, right? Hosea gives us a command to remedy these situations in our lives where we've got idol worship, we've got confusion and, and uh, the twist of 
uh, our religion where it's not focused where it needs to be, where we've got sexual sin in our lives, the solution is found Hosea chapter 10 now, verse 12 and 13. We're in Hosea chapter, did I say 10 is what I meant. Sorry. Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. All right, we got a lot of farm terms this week, right? Lots of fruit, uh, plowing now. Uh, so what Hosea is reminding us here is even if we have sowed wickedness in the ground of our life, God promises that we can put in the work to plow it out, essentially. Uh, raise your hand. Have you ever uh, tilled a new garden? What's it like? Is it? Okay, what's the process? How do you do that? Okay. So like every step, you're like, you pick up maybe a one foot by one foot section and just turn it over, shovel full by shovel full, right? It is hard work, one shovel at a time, and that's just like the first pass, right? There's other steps, like you gotta go back through and break up the chunks of soil, get all the sod out. It's a long process and it's not easy. So ultimately we have a choice. Right? We can choose to sow in wickedness, sow it into our life, or we can choose to put that work in and form our personal relationship with God, with Jesus. All right? The whole point is that to avoid all of these things, we need to put in the work to know God. It's a different than knowing of. Knowledge is an excellent and critical and important thing. But we have to take that a step further to have a relationship, all right? So we kind of already went over the consequences of allowing this wickedness to grow and live in our lives. Uh, God will rightly say that he doesn't know us. That's what's going to happen at the end of time if we choose the path of wickedness. Next week, we'll keep going and start to look at the good consequences, the positive things that can come from truly knowing God, all right? We'll focus in on the love that he wants to show us as long as we accept it. That's all I got, guys. Have a good week. Thank you very much.